People of God, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to worship this day with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member with us or visiting us in worship today for the very first time, we welcome you. We are so glad you have chosen to worship alongside us. Today, we begin our journey through Paul's letter to the Philippians. And as we prepare our hearts for worship today, I invite you to consider the longings of your own heart. I invite you to consider the ways that God is calling you into a deeper understanding of yourself and into a greater understanding of God's world. Let us prepare our hearts for worship.
Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord. I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord. I am the one who is and who was and who is to come. Today we offer our praise and prayer together as one body in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. In harmony, let us glorify God, Father, Son, and Spirit. Let us worship God together. Friends, the love of God is a love that spills out and overflows into the world. It cannot be contained. It cannot be contained by any virus or challenge or turmoil or even death and suffering. So let us remember that God's love is overflowing among us, spilling out into the world as we approach God with our faults and limitations. Let us confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your home worship bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Let us pray. Merciful God, you call us to let your love overflow, to overflow within us, among us, and through us. But too often we like to dictate where your love goes. Too often we like to harness your love for our own purposes, claiming that we're doing your will. Too often we share in your love with one another in ways that are most convenient or most comfortable. When you call us to share your love with wild abandon, too often we remain silent when we have given, when you have given us a voice, or we speak when you have called us to listen. Forgive us, O God. Remind us of the depth of your love for us, and send us into the world, empowered by your grace, to let your love flow within us, through us, and among us, and even in spite of us, for the sake of your holy name. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. The God who challenges us is also the God who encourages us. The God who comforts us is also the God who accepts us. Be assured that God is with us even now, accepting, guiding, and forgiving us. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Hello, my young friends. It's Pastor Rachel. I'm back out in my yard today. And I don't know about what it's like where you are, but where I am, it's starting to get kind of hot. So I brought some water out today and I just thought that we could have a little chat because I love some water. And I, oh my goodness, I filled that cup to overflowing. I didn't mean to do that. Oh my goodness. Well, at least I have lots of water that I can enjoy now. Did you know that in the book of Philippians, it's a book that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church. He told them 
Let your love overflow. Isn't that a funny thing? Let your love overflow. He was writing to people who were already really good at loving each other and loving their neighbor, but he said, I want you to go one step further. I want you to let your love overflow. And when he said that, he meant, I want you to take this love of Jesus that is already in your heart and let it flow out of you in even brand new ways you never imagined. So part of our job when we think about love overflowing, God's love overflowing from us, is we imagine what it looks like to care for people we haven't cared for before, to honor people with our words and our actions, perhaps in ways we haven't even considered before. Maybe that means you could write a card to one of your neighbors who's kind of lonely, or you could help your parent cook a meal for someone who, who doesn't have anyone to eat with right now. There's so many ways that we can let our love overflow, but that means thinking outside of our box, outside of the normal ways we share love and thinking outside of all of that so that our love overflows just like a cup that is overflowing with water. I hope you will take God's love out into this world and out into this day so that your love overflows to God's people and to God's world. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for your love that overflows to us. May the love we share with your people overflow just like yours. Amen. It's great to see you. I hope you have a wonderful day. I miss you. I love you. I hope to see you very soon. The Spirit is moving even now in new ways. And as we approach a time for the hearing of Scripture, let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Our scripture passage for this morning comes from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. It is chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. So listen for the word of the Lord. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Jesus Christ, 
And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that on the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines the word overflow like this. To fill a space to capacity and spread beyond its limits to flow over bounds, to flow over the brim of. When I think of the word overflow, I immediately think of small children learning to pour milk or water into a bowl or a cup. I hear the words, I can do it by myself, in my head, and my cat-like reflexes prepare themselves for what could easily become an overflowing situation. A situation that needs my attention. A situation that needs my assistance and my intervention because to overflow means I have lost control. It means the clear and helpful boundaries I count on have suddenly failed me. It means the limits set to protect us from danger or spills have let me down. My cup runneth over. We often hear that familiar phrase from Psalm 23 and think, how comforting, how lovely. But running over, overflowing is not always comforting or lovely. Sometimes it's a mess, a loss of control, a failure of boundaries and limitations that I count on to keep me safe. Paul is writing to the community in Philippi from prison somewhere. We're not sure where exactly Paul is being imprisoned, but what we do know is that the reason why he is now in jail is because he has been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ this gospel of God's love and compassion and mercy. And Paul is writing to the community in Philippi to reassure them that he is still overjoyed even during his circumstances. He wants to reassure them that he is still longing to be with them. He is encouraging them in their journey of faith. And he wants them to know that he is continuing to pray for them on their behalf. As verse 9 reminds us, Paul is writing to the Philippians, and this is what he says. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best. I pray that your love may overflow more and more and more. I pray that your love may overflow, overflow. I pray that your heart will become so full of God's love that it cannot help but overflow into everyone you encounter. I pray that your love will become so great, so abundant, that you will lose control of your love, that it will become unboundaried, that the limits of your love 
that you have always set and always known will be washed away because the love of God cannot be contained. It cannot be harnessed, it cannot be diminished, and it ought not to be boundaried within you. And I pray that your love may overflow more and more with the knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best. And let me be clear that when your love overflows more and more with the knowledge and full insight to determine what is best, this is not the knowledge and full insight of Pastor Alex or Pastor Rachel. This is not the knowledge and full insight of your news sources, or the Democratic Party, or the Republican Party, or the president, or any other political leader. This is not the knowledge and full insight of even the Apostle Paul. This is the knowledge and full insight of the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the knowledge and full insight of God's overflowing love and compassion and mercy and justice. That is what this means, this knowledge and full insight that helps us to determine what is best. This is what it means for our love to overflow more and more and more. In the midst of political and social unrest in our country, in the midst of countless protests following the death of George Floyd, I cannot shake the quote that I read to you all from Frederick Douglass, the one I read in my pastoral message that I sent to you last week. It's a quote from Douglass's famous speech, What to the Slave is the Fourth of July? And Douglas gave this speech in 1852 when tensions over slavery were high across the country. Douglas spoke to an anti-slavery society that day and he proclaimed what was desperately needed for the fight toward justice. It is not light that we need, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. Douglas went on to say in the same speech, the fact that the church of our country, with fractional exceptions, does not esteem the fugitive slave law as a declaration of war against religious liberty implies that the church regards religion simply as a form of worship, an empty ceremony, and not a vital principle requiring active benevolence, justice, love, and goodwill towards humanity. The church esteems sacrifice above mercy, psalm singing above right doing, solemn meetings above practical righteousness, a worship that can be conducted by persons who refuse to give shelter to the houseless, to give bread to the hungry, clothing to the naked, and who enjoin obedience to a law forbidding these acts of mercy is a curse, not a blessing to humankind. The Bible addresses all such persons as scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, who pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin, 
and who have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. It is not light that we need, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. I pray that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best. Douglas called upon a nation to recognize that the church was not free from the discourse of the political arena. Douglas reminded the church that it was not free to regard religion simply as a form of worship, empty ceremony without knowledge and full insight of the active benevolence, justice, love, and compassion that was required. The church was not free to stand in silence as God's people suffered and died and remained victims of systems of oppression. This past week, like many of you, I was in my home around 12.30 p.m. on Wednesday. And you may recall that in our area of the country about that time, the sky grew darker and darker very quickly. The wind began to howl and the rain began to overflow from the heavens and the storm descended not with a gentle shower, but with big and powerful thunder. What if the love that Paul is talking about in his letter to the Philippians, this love that overflows more and more, looked less like a gentle rain shower and more like a thunderous storm? What if the love that Paul is talking about looks more like an earthquake or a whirlwind or even fire? What if when we let that powerful love dwell within us and it becomes so bold and beautiful, it begins to have a life of its own? It sends us to places we never thought we'd go. It has us listened to the cries of people who have long been silenced. It incites a fury or a rage or a thunder on behalf of the world's suffering. It has the waters and floods of baptism be the point of overflowing into the world that we can no longer deny the problems of our environment. This love flows freely through us within us and out of us, and hopefully, when needed, even in spite of us. Remember, Paul is writing from prison. Paul is not someone who followed all the rules. He is not maintained the status quo. He did not abide by all of the dictations of his government and political leaders. Instead, Paul has followed the compassion and justice and mercy and love of Jesus Christ to the point where he has been imprisoned and eventually he will be killed. And how many people have been liberated 
because of the love of Jesus Christ that flowed out of Paul. Paul has chosen with knowledge and full insight what is best. And the love of Jesus Christ has overflowed from him as a result. Like the shepherd who will leave the 99 in search of one. Like the savior who will wreak havoc in the temple and throw over the tables of the money changers when the love and justice of God demands it. Like the father who threw out all sensibility, all the boundaries and order he had ever known and he ran, he ran to welcome and embrace his son, the one who had been lost. Like all of these, we too are called to emulate and embody the unbounded, untamed fury of God's love into a world that will be lost without it. It is not light that we need, but fire. It is not a gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. And lest we forget, lest we forget the spirit that came on Pentecost to fill the church with God's love to overflowing, it came not with light, but with fire. It came not with a gentle breeze, but with the fury of the wind, not with a gentle shower, but with the power of a mighty storm. May the church remember its call to be more than worship and empty ceremony. May the church be a people prepared to rise up with the cries of the oppressed to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear and listen to and learn from the voices of peoples long silenced. And may the church, may the people of God work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. Paul is praying for a people who are already loving but he implores them to let that love overflow. Let your love become so great, so abundant that you lose control of that love. Let it become so unboundaried that the limits to your love that you have always set and always known, let them be washed away because the love of God cannot be contained. The love of God cannot be harnessed. The love of God cannot be diminished. And it ought never to be boundaried within you, within the church, within the people of God. May it be so this day and forevermore. Amen. Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words from our denomination's brief statement of faith. Together, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ the church.
The same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the Word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear voices of people long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. I would like to take a moment now to say thank you. Pastor Rachel and I have been inspired by your prayers and concerns and sacrifice that you have given to the MPC mission during this difficult time. Because of you, we have raised over $12,000 for the COVID-19 relief fund, which includes over $7,000 we have given to the Morrisville School District for them to be able to buy Chromebooks. Because of you, we are able to give 22 kids in Morrisville access to education that they previously would not, would not have had through these Chromebooks. And every week, my heart is warmed, and multiple times throughout my week, my heart is warmed seeing pictures and hearing news of the ways you're volunteering in the community, and especially the ways that you are volunteering and donating, keeping our food center and the Ivan's Outreach Center going. I have, re I have seen people receive these gifts and donations on the other end, and believe me, it is overwhelming and tear-inducing. So on behalf of Rachel and I, we say thank you. My friends, as we long to be together and long even more to be the people that God calls us to be, let us turn to God and prepare our hearts for prayer. At this time, I invite you to join us in your home worship bulletin as we pause for prayer. We invite you to take out a piece of paper and a pen or to talk with those who you are worshiping alongside today and answer at least one of the following questions as we prepare to turn to God in prayer. The first question is how have you felt God's love stifled within your own heart this week? The second question is how have you sensed God calling you to be the fire or the thunder or the storm of God's love in this world? And the third question is, how might you allow God's love to overflow within you and through you in the week to come? We're going to encourage you to pause the video at this time and take a few minutes to answer these questions. When you're done writing or sharing with those who you are worshiping alongside, you are welcome to turn your video back on and together we will enter into a time of corporate prayer. Let us prepare our hearts for prayer.
Let us pray. Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, we come before you today sitting in different locations in our community, aching and concerned for our world and for one another, trying desperately to understand our moment in time and respond in faith to the fears of the coronavirus, the wounds of racism, and the day-to-day -day struggles of our daily living. We are reminded that your servant Paul was writing his letter to the Philippians sitting in a dusty jail cell, and somehow the thoughts of this poor man, stuck in place, surrounded by cement walls, his scribbles getting out into the world and being passed over hand by hand, had the power of rushing wind, of crashing waves, of storms, of thunder, and of the overflowing power of your love. There is nothing you cannot do, O oh God, and for that reason, we give you abundant thanks. Lord Jesus Christ, you are our way to life, justice, and peace. In you, we are called to find our unity, Come into the brokenness of our lives and our land with your healing love. Help us to be willing to bow before you in true repentance and to bow to one another in real forgiveness. By the fire of your word, melt our hard hearts and consume the prejudice and pride which separates us from our neighbors in our own homes, in our communities, and in our nation. Fill us, O Lord, with your perfect love that casts out fear and binds us together in the unity that you share with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, we give you thanks that you are there even when we cannot see you. We lift up the prayers we hold in our hearts, prayers overflowing with words unable to be tamed by our lips, and prayers stuck in our stomachs, unable to be fully formed. Give us words, O God, for our time. Heal our friends and family who are sick. Restore our communities and nation to equity and justice. Call our church to be a full vessel of your worshipful glory as well as righteous action. Take care of our siblings in Christ who have died and who join the communion of saints guiding us in their lasting memory of love, especially our sibling in Christ, Bob Northrup. God, we pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. People of God, may we go out into this world with fire in our bellies with thunder in our words, actions, and convictions, and with a storm in our hearts, until justice 
rolls down in overflowing and unbounded love and righteousness flows like a never-ending stream. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those whom you're called to love, this day and forevermore. Amen.